Would you recommend Ishin Ryu or Sadokan for more practical situations and overall? I have a Sadokan dojo an hour from me, but an Ishin Ryu dojo five minutes from me. I've been watching your videos on the Ishin Ryu kata. Any advice would be great. Thank you for tuning in to the Okinawa Karate Podcast. I am Josh Simmons coming to you from the birthplace of karate, Okinawa, Japan. And did I mention this is the only karate podcast coming to you from the birthplace of karate, Okinawa, Japan? It's been a while since I already mentioned that. And I was talking to my good friend, Tori Dawson-sensei, and my good friend, Michael Higgins-sensei. Uh, and, and they reminded me that I should say that more often. So this is a shout-out to them. Tori, Tori Dawson-sensei, the Invisible uh, Sensei Podcast, and Michael Higgins-sensei from Apex Karate Performance. That's a shout-out to you. Just as a reminder that this is the only karate podcast coming to you from the birthplace of karate. And today's podcast is brought to you by Orion Beer. That's right. It's pronounced Orion, not Orion. And tonight I'm enjoying a nice IPA. It's IPA season here in Okinawa. Orion has come out with their IPA again. I think they debuted it last year around this time. It's not bad. It's not uh, it's not uh, IPA quality for some of those ones back in the states, but it's not too shabby either. But the podcast is not about the beer. Well, it could be. Today's podcast is actually about a question that I received in one of my videos on YouTube, and it's a, and it's a topic that I've been thinking about doing a podcast episode. For a while now um, and it comes from a person I don't know who this is actually and the person was watching my video interview when I interviewed Ron Nick's sensei at the Sato Kondojo at his Sato Kondojo in Okinawa City one year ago in March of 2020 I sat down with Nick sensei his wife Miss Akemi and their son Brandon um, and they are Sato Kan course Shodan Ryu practitioners in uh, this particular person was watching the video and they had obviously watched other videos that I have on YouTube which I, I thank them very much for doing that and leaving me a comment I don't know their name because they only have an icon or only have one letter I should say emblem for their name on YouTube and it's just a letter R so whoever this is R this is a response to your question in more detail and it's a response to other uh, questions that I've had based around this same topic. And here, here's the question. So this individual had watched the videos that I posted on YouTube. And they've obviously watched this video with Nick's sensei, the Shodan Ryu Sadokan Dojo. And also most likely had watched my interviews with Andy Sloan sensei of Ishin Ryu. And the question goes like this. Would you recommend Ishin Ryu? Actually, let me back up. I'm very sorry. First, he says, regarding Ishin Ryu, I think it's quite different. This is after watching the Nick's Sadokan interview that I did. I, uh, regarding Ishin Ryu, I think it's quite different. Then, then he says, or, or she, I don't know, he or she, I'm not sure. Would you recommend Ishin Ryu or Sadokan for more practical situations and overall? I have a Sadokan dojo an hour from me, but an Ishin Ryu dojo five minutes from me. I've been watching your videos on the Ishin Ryu kata. Any advice would be great.
And here's my response to this question on, on YouTube. I said, I think the most important aspect is the sensei and his or her teaching methods, professionalism, ability to be a leader and role model in and out of the dojo. That far outweighs the differences between karate styles in my experience. If possible, try both dojos and see what fits you best. So <clears throat> I wanted to elaborate a little bit on that or just kind of open it up to more uh, thought here. In, I, you know, I'm not going to type uh, a dissertation on YouTube on a YouTube response, but it's easier to record this in a short podcast. I, I stand firm by what I said. I think it's much more about the sensei, and I, I, I firmly believe that. Um, having met a variety of different instructors over the years, having experienced a variety of different instructors in their dojos, in America and then here in, in Okinawa and having attended seminars here in Okinawa from visiting senseis or from senseis that live here and having the ability to be around some of them for several hours, um, several days, several weeks, including my own senseis of course, you know, my, my personal senseis, but also ones that I've spent a lot of time with, it's much more about the sensei than it is about the style. Um, Specifically speaking about Sadokan and Ishin Ryu, my experience with Sadokan is only with Sensei Ron Nix. My experience with Ishin Ryu is with Andy Sloan Sensei and one or two other students of Ishin Ryu here on, on Okinawa. They've all been very good experiences. It doesn't mean that every person in Sadokan is great. It doesn't mean that every person in Ishin Ryu is great. It doesn't mean they're bad either, but um, the styles themselves, I think they're both good. I think they both have great qualities. Um, both um, somewhat Shodan Ryu, well, Sadokan is definitely Shodan Ryu. Um, Ishin Ryu definitely has a flavor of Shodan Ryu in there, and you can study the, the lineage on that. But it's much more about the sensei. Uh, I have had great experiences myself personally with very good senseis, and I've had some very, very bad experiences. And take this out of the dojo for a second. Step away from, from martial arts. Step away from karate. Go back to your grade school. Go back to middle school, high school. Go back to different sports maybe you played. Uh, maybe you were you played baseball, football, tennis, whatever. Maybe you were in the band. Maybe you, you I don't know, had different bosses at work that had great qualities, great leadership qualities. Think about that and how that worked better for you. The same thing applies to the dojo. If you have a dojo that's five minutes from you, that might be the best dojo for you, especially in a time like this where a lot of people are very limited. If you have one that is an hour from you, that might be the best one because it gives you that drive and that purpose to really get to the dojo. If one's five minutes, maybe it doesn't even entice you that much. It's kind of like... You know, having something too close, you don't even want to work for it. But perhaps that dojo that's five minutes away has the best sensei you could ever possibly meet. You got to go check it out. If you have the opportunity to sample from the buffet, I recommend doing that. If you can try out a couple free classes, or if you can watch that sensei, maybe teach children's classes and then teach adult classes, 
and get get a sample of the differences, I'd, I'd highly recommend that. When I was back in the States searching for, for a dojo, I had my daughter with me at the time. She was, I guess, six years old back then, right six or seven. And when we were looking for dojos, I wasn't that particular, and I wasn't that concerned about myself. I was concerned about her. She wanted to train with me, and we were looking for a dojo that we could both go to together. So I was gauging it more off what I thought was going to be right for my daughter. We went to two different dojos, and we had watched a class. Uh, the first one we went to, the head sensei was not there. So one of his senior students was teaching. And the night that we went, they were teaching, I guess they were teaching knife self-defense. It was really hard to tell because it was a very unorganized class. And it was um, just, I don't know what, I don't know how to describe it. There was, there was no organization to it whatsoever. I couldn't tell who was teaching the class. There was a teenager boy that I think wanted to teach a class and he was I'm going to say a green belt or a brown belt and I don't even remember exactly what style this was this was kind of a mixture of styles at one of these dojos back in America in a, in a normal strip mall and then there was an adult that came over and talked to us and basically said yeah our head sensei is not here right now if you want to come back and watch at a different time you know maybe you can do that or something Okay, well, we're done with you. We've seen pretty much everything that we want to see. Uh, we went to another dojo that was, I think, a Taekwondo or Tang Sudo dojo. Seemed pretty good, pretty nice, organized what I thought was well organized. My daughter didn't like it at all. Um, something didn't, she just didn't enjoy the vibe. Okay, no problem, we didn't go back. Good thing we didn't because about two weeks later that place shut down. When we finally found the dojo that we both liked, we walked in there and the sensei was very hospitable. He was smiling. He was cool, uh, you know, welcoming. We went back and we watched one full class for children and adults, liked what we saw, felt comfortable. And both my daughter and I said, yeah, I think we like this. Boom, we signed up and the rest is history. That's who we've been with. Ever well, no, I shouldn't say it's who we've been with ever since because we moved to Okinawa. So we had to leave the States, right? But it's the same system. Um, but I've met other people in that same system at different dojos that are, I'm going to say, it, complete assholes. I mean, absolute first-class assholes that I would never take my children to, that I wouldn't want to go to. So it's not about the style. It's about the people. It's about the senseis. It's about the, the dojo family. That's what you have to find. Find the people that, if you're a father, if you're a mother, find the people that you would take your children to and that you would trust your children with. If you're not, if you're, if you're a teenager that's looking for somebody, find someone that you trust. Find someone that is not John Kreese from Karate Kid, unless that's what you're looking for. Find someone that's more, I guess, like the Mr. Miyagi, right? They're out there. Uh, there's people in between. When I was... At the, at the dojo back in America, we had this this young boy came in. He was 12 years old, and he was talented. You could tell this kid had, had uh, some athletic ability. He had, he had control of his body. He, was, he looked like he was going to be a really, good, a really good student or a really good 
Kratika, all right? Uh, he just stuck around for about two weeks, and all of a sudden he disappeared. And one day I asked my sensei, what happened to, to that, you know, so-and-so? I'll call him Bob. What happened to Bob? And sensei said, well, he didn't like my teaching style because I wouldn't teach him how to break somebody's arm. I said, what? And apparently this kid, this young man, this young boy, asked my sensei, will you teach me how to break an arm? And my sensei, you know, kind of, you know, explained that's not what we're teaching here. Um, but we can teach you self-defense if that's what you're looking for and this and that. And the kid never came back. And who was feeding that kid that information? I don't know. But lesson learned is my sensei didn't play into that. No, that's not what we're teaching here. Actually, it was. They were teaching that, and we did learn how to do that, but you had to stick around, and it wasn't just going to come out and say, we're teaching you how to break a freaking arm. We're teaching you kata. And then you get in the doing the applications later on. Would have been a while for that 12-year-old kid. But the point is, Sensei, in my opinion, handled that perfectly. He didn't kick the child out. He didn't scold the child. He didn't, he didn't scold the parents. He just said, that's not what we're teaching. We're teaching you self-defense. If you want to stick around, that's great. But I'm not going to teach you how to blatantly hurt someone because that child probably came there with one intention. He wanted to come there to learn how to hurt someone and then go back to school and do that. If I didn't ask my sensei what happened to this kid, I never would have known that. But because I asked that question, I got the, I got the full answer. It made me respect my sensei even more. And to this day, he's one of the greatest influences I've had in my life. He's a remarkable individual. That's what it's about. You find that person that you can trust, that you would trust with your children, that you would trust with your wife, that you would trust with your husband, your spouse, your everybody, in and out of the dojo. That's the person you go to, and that's who you learn from. Because that's going to far outweigh whatever style is written on that sign outside the dojo. It doesn't matter. Shoden Ryu, Ishin Ryu, Goju-do, even these ones that are MMA, and they, they bring everything into it. If they're good people there, stick with it. That's my advice. So, um, again, I don't know who this is that asked the question, R. Um, I appreciate the question. I'm really glad that you, you asked it. And I hope you find a fantastic dojo, whether that's Sadokan, whether that's Ishinryu, Okinaw Kempo, Gojudu, or none of the above, or, or all of them. Try them all if you have the opportunity to do so. Um, and good luck. Happy training. I, I wish you all the best. So, once again, thank you very much for tuning in to the Okinawa Karate Podcast. This is Josh Summers coming to you from the birthplace of Karate, Okinawa, Japan.